Hey, everybody, I'm Chad Eckert, and this is the Preferred Lines podcast with my buddy over there, Joe Idoni. Hey, what up, tour picks? The U.S. Open is upon us. Crack it, as we do each and every Monday evening. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Preferred Lines. I hope you do that already. I hope you are a subscriber on YouTube and a uh, follower on iTunes. We do those things. We are also friends. You know who we are. You know we are friends with the jock market. And Joe, yeah. tell us about your jock market show. I've been bragging about I was at a bachelor party this weekend, dude, and not everybody knows about the jock market. I'm kind of surprised. And so I was telling them about it. I think we might have some new signups this week. There might be some fresh blood in the waters. Let's go. So Wednesday nights, if you haven't tried Jock Market yet, by the way, we have a new promo code. I don't know if you have it ready on the bottom, but uh, drop the numbers. It's just PL. Like that's the promo code. I don't even know if I told you about this, but it's PL and they will match any deposit up to $50. So you deposit 20 bucks, they'll match you 20. You deposit 40, they'll match you 40. 50 for 50. Um, 50 all the way bucks? Up. Are you serious? If you haven't tried it out yet, like. No better time than now. Wednesday night, 8.15 on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. It's going to be electric. It always is. The best 45 minutes of the week, at least for me. We have a ton of new faces in there every week. Uh, it's a blast. Higo was super cheap last week. Bo Van Pelt. I saw my guy Austin was heavy on like 60 shares of Chesson Hadley. So people are having a lot of fun with it, us included. Our friends there support us. We support them. Use the promo code. Give them a shout. Give them a try. U.S. Open Week. What better time than the presents, my man? Exactly. Uh, Doc Redman saved my week last week. Oh, yeah. Doc Market, baby. Doc Market. Oh, I like that. Okay. We're not doing an interview tonight. We had one done already. Thank you, Joe, for providing that content. Tell us about that interview. Sure. So you can go back and check that out on our channel. I interviewed Stephen Hennessy, who is the uh, managing editor over at Golf Digest, oversees the 100 Greatest Courses panel. I, I asked him about that a little bit, but we talked early U.S. Open. We did it like last Wednesday. So um, we've had some information take place since then, but I think that it's all still relevant, good content, uh, even for this week. Look, we're trying to kind of split this up, right? We don't want the show to run too long. So we were having like hour, hour and 15 minute shows. We want to keep this right around 30, 35 minutes. So we thought uh, split it up. We'll do two shows. Hope you guys enjoy that. Steven is awesome. Great supporter of the show. Um, we love those guys over there at Golf Digest. They do a fantastic job on the Be Right pod. So um, yeah, it's awesome. Check it out if you haven't yet. And if you're in the chat, welcome to chat along. Uh, well, there's some people in there. Uh, someone says, let's go Higgoat. Another person is asking about Team Bryson or Team Brooks. If you are in the chat, you can answer this man's question. Are you Team Brooks or Team Bryson? We're about to get to that. We're about to get, get to, that. to the betting board. But before we talk about Brooks versus Bryson, we have to talk about the guy at that tippity tip top. And it is Justin. No, John. I am got excited. John Rodriguez. Let's go. Ten and a half to one. And he's healthy now. But why would you bet? The betting favorite at the U.S. Open? Are you kidding me? Would you take John Rom? There's look, he's the favorite for a reason. Um, I'm not going to disparage him or anyone picking him. Look, I think a lot of people like. I'm not one to be like, oh, ten to one, like that's a terrible bet, right? That's a great bet in any other sport if you like it. I've just never been one to go to the counter on the favorite for the week. I think that there are some guys who will get to 16 to 18 to 1. So you're catching six to eight points that I think have 
Um, maybe not the same win equity as John Rahm, but pretty damn close. So um, for me, it's a pass. All thing, Look, course history lines up. Played phenomenal. He was going to win by seven, eight, nine strokes at the Memorial. Um, factor that in with added motivation of sort of a redemption factor for him, getting his first major victory, West Coast Rom. He doesn't finish worse than fifth ever. Uh, yeah, a lot of good reasons to bet John Rom. Um, but I'm not going to. I'm crazy. No. I didn't do it either. Um, I'll pass on the top price guy, but I will go and I'll slide down to the next three names in line and I'll sh- I'll share them with you. They're Bryson DeChambeau, Dustin Johnson, and Xander Shoffley. And in fact, Joe, my card consists of all three of those people. I got them all at different times at 16 to 1. So Ooh. that's what we do. We kind of f- feel this out over the last few months or so. We've been talking about trying to win and where to place future bets and try to get in on a good number at the U.S. Open here. Now, uh, Bryson today on this sports book, which is the DraftKings sports book, is 15 to 1. He is 15 to 1 with DJ and Xander. Depends on where you look. Now they're looking for your dollars. He's, this is now a new thing. 2021. Things are legal everywhere almost. So go find a book that's going to give you a better number. But I don't know if you are going to find a better number on Bryson or DJ at the 15 to 1. Are you finding better numbers? And if so, did you take it? Yeah, I've actually seen Bryson at 18. I've seen DJ at 18. Um, I'm just kind of not really paying attention to the Xander number this week. I'm trying to <laughs> ignore it because I really yeah, what the really, hell? I think he's going to play really well, and I think that he could win, but I'm just willing oh. to be wrong on it. Um, okay. I just can't. I can't. I'm not ready to put him there with those guys. So True. that's it for me in terms of the rest of the crew. Um, I'm close on Bryson, so I think you all have a feeling who I who I took in this range. But I'm between the, uh, two other guys, and it's Bryson and it's Rory. So I've kind of flip flop back and forth on the two of them. Well, well I mean, the difference is a huge number. Days. Uh, you got a 21 on Rory. Let's go. But then you obviously have Brooks there at 19. You have you've bet Brooks, I assume. I've bet Brooks Kepka. Surprise, surprise. Like um, last week or this week, or did you bet him every this morning? This morning, I hit it with a rather heavy hand at 18 to 1 this morning. Um, hmm. Look, it's still a great number on Brooks. Major, don't overthink it. Uh, not concerned, just like I wasn't concerned at the PGA Championship with the form on the event before. Screw the Palmetto Championship. He drove it really well. He hit his irons really well. I think that he had no will to really play the weekend there, and I don't blame him. He's told us this himself, that it's all about the major championships. Not only do you factor that in with sort of the pedigree and how he's performed in majors throughout the last, say, five years, he's also in really good form right now. So he's giving himself opportunities on Sunday at Major Championship. He's giving himself opportunities on the green. I wrote this up earlier. Uh, number one in the field in opportunities gained, which is a stat from our friends over at Fantasy National, which basically analyzes how many putts, how many looks you've given yourself from inside 15 feet. So birdie opportunities. You aren't going to make them all, but the more chances that you can kind of give yourself, uh, the more birdies that you're going to make. He gives himself as many as anybody. I trust him. The opportunity is there. The trust factor is there. And I'm team Brooks. So it was an easy play for me. 18 to 1. You want to play devil's advocate here, Team Bryson? 
<laughs> I mean, I bet Bryson. I got I got a 16 to 1 on Bryson. I think that uh honestly it sets up well here. We know what he did last year to the US Open course. How is is this going to be much different than last year? Where the dude won by six strokes. He won going away and it wasn't no, even wasn't there last year. Brooks was he hurt? Yeah. No, last <laughs> year, yeah. All I'm saying is that if uh, Bryson can do what he can do with his driver and and his putting, and, and there's added motivation there with Bryson as well because of the fact that Brooks won back-to-back U.S. Open, so this is his chance, Bryson, to win his back-to-back, and then he can put that up there uh, in the PIP rankings and tweet about it. So I don't know. I think that if you're going to bet on either one of them, you're probably in a good position. I think that there, there are people that – easily start your DraftKings lineups using both of them. Honestly, like this Joe, we know that the US opens are where the cream rises to the top. It's gonna be one of these guys under 33 to one, I have a feeling at least. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's US Open. Um we've talked about this a ton, but uh it's one of the narrowest fields in terms of the amount of players that I think have the skill set to win. Uh, of any event that we see all year. These two guys are at the top of that list, and they're there for a reason. The one reason that I actually do like Bryson, and I wasn't expecting to see this, rated out fourth in the field in strokes game putting on Poa Graph, which yeah, is a little bit surprising to me because I don't – you don't like – it didn't initially pop into my head, West Coast play Bryson, right? The, sure. It's not something that I would have necessarily registered with my eyeballs had I not seen the stats sort of bear that out. He's also really good from longer proximities with his irons, and that's basically due to the fact that 200 yards plus for him is can be a six iron, where for some of these guys, it's a four iron. For some of these guys, it's a hybrid. So he's coming in with shorter clubs. We know that he sort of transformed his game and, more importantly, transformed his body to be mm-hmm. the prototypical athlete that is going to win a United States Open Championship. So he's built himself around this event, in my opinion. The one okay. cause for concern with Bryson, I think, is some of the touch and ability to scramble right around the greens. I don't love mm-hmm. him in that. These are tiny, tiny greens for as long as the course is going to be. I think that he can two-putt from just about anywhere, but if he has to deal with this rough where he – you know, it's it's sometimes difficult whether to know if it's going to come flying out or going to be able to flub. It creates more uh, factors in his head to consider. I True. think that he kind of struggles in that part and can tend to overthink things where a guy like Brooks is just step up and hit it. Okay, so then you're debating whether to add Bryson or Rory to yes. your card along with Brooks. So then well, you, it sounds like you're talking off of Bryson when you say some of the stuff about around the green game. Uh, now, I don't know if you've had a chance to uh, pay attention to the Tour Junkies podcast where uh, they had Paul Tesori on and they're talking about growing golf up closer as they get further towards where bombers would normally land. I, the fairway that's happening. I don't think yeah. that can happen or should happen. Okay, so the the rumor was that they're going to just try to grow the rough up as they get closer to the hole. So bombers that fly it out into the rough will have probably the closest shots in, but will have the highest rough to hit those balls out of. Whereas a guy can roll a, you know, ball into the rough and have a 200 yard shot away, but maybe it's not as 
penal in terms of length of rough. That seems insane to me and also would be probably cool, but I don't know if they can actually put that together. I think it seems totally insane. I also think it's bullshit. Um, the further that you hit it, the harder it is to hit a fairway to begin with. It's <laughs> easier for a guy that hits it 285 yards to hit a fairway yeah. than it is for a guy that hits it 310. That's their yeah, that's advantage. Why people club like that. It makes it easier for them to hit fairways if they're shorter. So they can't then give another sort of, yeah. you know, not only is it harder for them to hit fairways the longer than they hit it, now they've got to deal with more difficult rough. It's an insane take. I hope that they never consider doing this. It would be completely short-sighted, in my opinion, as a way to combat what Bryson and Matt Wolf did last year because Wolf led the field in driving distance last year uh, and finished second at the U.S. Open. So it wasn't just Bryson. It was what Wolf was doing as well. So and getting back to what we were talking about when it's between Rory and Bryson, there's pros and cons to both. I think I'm going to land on Rory because I prefer to root for Rory. <laughs> well, and Rory's also 21 to one versus 16 or whatever you have to pay to get to Bryson. Yeah, I think they're 20 and 18 on the book that I'm looking at. But Rory okay, so is green right now. When you sort of sort out and tee to green and, and filter it out with long golf courses, difficult to score on. Number one in the field right now, tee to green. I mentioned earlier that Brooks was number one in opportunities gained on longer tracks. Rory's number two. So he's right there. Um, tends to play really well out there at the Farmers in this event. I had a bet on him back in January. So, yeah, I think that, um, look, he was the betting favorite at a major championship a month ago, right? So we're just going to now put him like sixth on the odds board. It seems like an opportunity there that that we salivate for, right? That we're like, okay, this is – when you when you sort of zoom out, we're like this guy was the favorite a month ago, and now he's sixth on the board and double the price. We should almost always take that bet. We try to tell ourselves, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Spieth? Do we have any interest in that? I'm not here for for Spieth sub twenty to one at a U.S. Open. No, I'm I'm just okay. not. I don't. I are you? It just feels funny that we're just not. But the problem is, Joe, is there's so many good golfers, so you can bet on everybody. The truth mm -hmm. is that the cream rises to the top. I mentioned that the stats are that seven of the last ten winners have been inside of the top fifteen in the world. So you, I concentrated my card on the elite players. The top thirty in the world have won at least eleven of the last thirteen U.S. Open. So I mean, we're gonna have to look at these names. We're gonna have to go. A little bit further down to get a little juicier payout, which is what I like. And I like how the books have given us what they've given us in the 20s. They're asking for us to bet. They're asking for us to find some value. And I'm finding it. Look at Patrick Cantley. He's 22 to 1. I'm seeing Tony Fee now 22 as well. Justin Thomas, 22 and a half. Patrick Reed, 25. Morikawa, 25 and a half. Hovland, 28. This is crazy in the 28s. I love it. Do you love it as much as I do? Justin Thomas scares the crap out of me right here because this is a number that is clearly way above his Bizarre. his value. Look, I made the take uh, a couple of weeks ago at Memorial where I said that nobody wins at the rate that Justin Thomas wins. He's winning 12.5% of the time over the last five years that he sticks a tee in the ground. He's winning He's one in every eight events over the He's last five years. 
And I think I think we could see the drift even further, get up to 25 to one on Justin Thomas. So he what? scares me. I'm worried about the driving sort of being a little bit array. The putting, something is clearly going on both mentally and physically with the putter where he's struggling there right now. But <laughs> he's still 1B in terms of the best approach player in the game. If you're going to give Colin Morikawa 1A right now, Justin Thomas is right there, right? Okay, He's so, so good he with his iron play. So, yeah, he played really well um, at previous U.S. Opens. He was good last year. I think he was first-round leader last year at Wingfoot. Um, he was right up there at Aaron Hills. So we've seen him compete in these really tough events before. So that scares me, man. 20, 22, 25 to 1 on JT is, is going to be tough to sort of plug my nose and overlook. I auto-bet that shit, dude. Honestly, like I was like, what? I might have to. I saw losing golf bets are a guy power fade. I mean, I'm I'm riding him too. I'm riding with him. But dude, okay, so this is the range to maybe find it and, bet, and maybe you just bet this range only, and you have three or four guys in this range, and that's what you do this week, and then you just hold on tight and you just ride them out. Um, I'm riding with someone in this range, dude, for the house bet this week, and it is not the number that is listed there it is 28 to 1 on my guy patrick cantley let's oh. go uh yes joe i got 28 to 1 i i told you on my twitter page edina realty i'm a realtor for edina realty it's kind of a play on words because my initials are che get it bagels you know it According to Data Golf, Cantlay is the best strokes gained golfer over the last month. And what do we love more than recent form? Nothing. So I'm going for it, dude. 28 to 1 on Patrick Cantley, who is a killer, and I'm betting the number. The number is juicy and nice. I'd still probably take it at 22. And Joe, I am loving the fact that he fits these narratives. Winner. Well, no, winner. <clears throat> I'm going to give him the win. Because, but he won the zone. Yeah, he's so winner. Yeah, he's he winner. won. Yeah. Uh, Seventh in the world, so he's a top 15 player in the world. Boom. Uh, California guy, boom. We like that. Long Beach, UCLA. Uh, we all California. We love that. Arguably, Joe, his biggest wins were the memorial one and a half wins that he's had. So I think he's hungry to get a win. Uh, I think he wants a major. All the stuff we know about the stats and all the stuff we know, but Joe. We know motivations. Those things are important. And I've got two factors for Patrick Cantley that to make him motivated. First up, he had a close friend who was hit by a car and killed in 2016, right in front of Patrick Cantley. So we know uh, you know, things happen, angels occur, and boom, angels in the outfield for Patrick Cantley. So we're looking at that. He's 24 years old and his best friend and his caddy dies. I mean, come on, this is crazy. It, we, Countless back injuries for this guy. He knows he wants to take advantage of times where he's feeling healthy, and we have seen it over the last month. He is motivated to do it. Also, last thing, hey, I won't dismiss the four missed cuts. I understand he was terrible at the players, the Masters. He was bad. It was a girl problem. 99 problems, and a girl was the problem is what I've heard. So uh, I'm thinking that now he's snapped out of it. He cried and listened to sad music and then uh, showed up at the PGA and was like, I need to focus again and was top 25. So, boom, there he goes. He's top 25. And then it won. One, 
two weeks ago. So the bad stretch came after a breakup. So I'm not worried about it. I'll dismiss that, and I'm going to put the house on Patrick Cantlay. So come with me, guys. Let's go. Patrick Cantlay, Motivation Week. Hashtag Motivation Week, Charlie R. Let's do it. In on that big house bet. Um, I really thought you, when you said Patrick, I'm shocked it wasn't Reed. Did well, I have Reed, Reed on my card. Okay, good. I bet Reed as well, 30 to 1. Uh, I okay, so Reed I have seven. So I'm an idiot. Okay, I have seven dudes on my card, all under 33 to 1. Is that weird or dumb? That's. Yeah, that's, that's who I have. I have all good. guys. Under yeah, a lot of them you have as futures from a while ago, so I understand that. Um, right. One of them was Morikawa. Did you have Morikawa? No, all I have right now uh, is Brooks at the moment, and okay. then I have Patrick Reed. So I took Reed at okay. thirty. Can't pass that up. Was on him on yeah, January twenty three. Uh, around the green game, big time. Here, on right? tour. That's what put me on him in January. The smallest greens, of course. The plug lie controversy uh, didn't hurt, but made it quite an awkward celebration when he won here in January. But he's just playing well, man. He was awesome at the Memorial. Just couldn't really make a putt. Uh, also has a really good U.S. Open track record. Has sort of been trending in the right direction with U.S. Opens. I believe he was the leader after two rounds last year at Wingfoot, where I had a big number on him. Yeah, yeah. He's oh, yeah. good, and he's good out here, and he can putt, and I trust his ability to get up and down from just about anywhere. Patrick Reed at 30 to 1 is always going to sort of find his way onto my betting card, and it's no different here. Well, so then would you take a 25? Because if we're looking at this sports book, you'd have to take 25. <sighs> I'd have to think about it a little bit more. I'd okay. have to think about it more at 25. I love the 30. There's still 30s out there. Um, if you can catch one, go that route. Right. That's the value of having multiple accounts at different books. Now, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, we could talk about Fee now, I guess. Uh, why is he 22? Uh, look, plays great out here, plays great on the West Coast, not ready for that victory. I think that it's books sort of protecting themselves against some of the top five and top ten bets. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't like, think he's ready to break through uh, at a U.S. Open, but he could. Um, okay. You know, another like the other guy that I'm sort of interested in who I haven't bet yet, but I'm starting to like more and more uh, is Scotty Scheffler. Where do they have Scheffler? 35. 45 available. Um, what makes you like Scheffler? He's driving it fantastic, Chad. Like he's okay. crushing it off the tee and he's hitting a ton of fairways. And I think that a lot of the elements that are within his game, the more and more that I look at it, are lining up to be a great contender at a U.S. Open. Was right there at the Memorial. Um, missed the U.S. Open last year due to COVID when I think that he was going to be an extremely popular pick heading into Wingfoot. So a little bit of a redemption factor there for him. He's played awesome. I think it was Justin Ray earlier today. Um, did you see the Justin Ray tweet? Dude, Justin Ray tweets so much. I didn't. But I let me, let me pull, while I pull it up here, um, also our guy was mentioning that he was first in total driving on the tour right now, which is basically accuracy times distance, which is above. Oh, John I Ronaldo. saw the one where the where the announcer said that Scheffler's not a very good driver, and then they were like, "Excuse me." Well, you can't ever trust the announcers, but here's the Justin Ray tweet. (laughs) That's cumulative score to par in majors since the beginning of 2020. So basically the last, I think it's seven majors. Scotty Scheffler, 
number one in the field at minus 18 in major championships over the last majors. DJ's minus 15, Rom minus 14, Hideki minus 13. So he's three clear of those guys. He's playing really well on the big stage, which is shocking to me. Hmm. I think that he's he's close, man. I like him. So if I see the 45, I'm very, very tempted by that number. Okay, well, oh, gosh. This is kind of the range of misfits once you get past 35. This is why I, I said to myself, I'm just going to go big. I mean, honestly, like I need one of those seven dudes in the under 33 to one to hit, and then I'll probably just double my money and basically doing this for fun. But – I don't know. You get a little risk for your reward here, uh, or reward for your risk. Do you do you have any other interest in these 40s? I mean, like, Louis O, is he going to ever win a major? Is Paul Casey going to ever win a major? Now, Shane Lowry is playing well lately. You can get him at 45. you got Hideki here who won the Masters. He's, a, he's playing great still. He's not really had a letdown. And then Zalatoris, kid, that he, he's at 46 and a half. Hatton, answer. I bet Paul Casey. You did? Yeah. Why win? It's kind of weird. All right. So he was 66 to one. I think that is still available right now. Let me just double check and I can confirm that. But a couple of things. I'll tell you what led me to Paul Casey. One, um, let me just double check the number. So, yes, he is still 66 to one on Bovada. Um, one, Whoa. he still hits it a far away, right? So the distance yeah. is there. He hits it 304 off the tee, which I believe is top 30. He's got them big old forearms that he can gouge it out of the rough. Plays well on the West Coast normally. Paul Casey's uh, one, I believe, or, or coming second at Pebble a couple of times uh, along the California coast there. Another factor, okay. approach play. Second shot golf course, right? We've seen it be that way at the Farmers. If we're going to take any indication of that, and we expect that to Oh, shit. Hold on. Did you just remove me? Am I back? Sorry, I didn't mean I meant to remove this other thing. All right, so we're amateur hour. You're on right. Paul Casey, second in approach on the field over the last 24 rounds. The iron play is dialed in. If you even look at and look at proximity on longer irons, so 200 and above, number one in the field over the last 36 rounds, best guy on tour over 200 plus yards. I think there's going to be a lot of shots that come into that range this week. And like I said, a propensity to play well on the West Coast. So Paul Casey, sixty-six to one. Uh, I'm almost certain that that's a losing bet, but I took it anyways. I don't know though, because like we've seen strange things happen. Phil just won. I feel like Phil and uh, Paul are kind of tied in a way, and like their careers, and they're kind of like the old guys, but still good a little bit. Yeah. Uh, there's some of that action going on, so maybe we could get some good juju from Paul Casey. I don't mind if that. He's really limited the number of events that he's played, which I've noticed. He won that event on the European Tour, which was a big field earlier this year. Top five at the Players' Championship. Then he basically Mm -hmm. took off to the Masters, where he always plays well. I think he was like 20th at the Masters. Then he basically sat it out until the PGA Championship, where he came in like fifth there. So he's had really good finishes. I just don't think we get he gets the credit that he necessarily deserves because we don't see him that much anymore. So this is an event that I think he's got circled. Maybe Phil winning gave him a little bit of like old guy motivation. Like, Hey, I yeah. still got some years left in the tank. Let's go. That's what I think. All right. Now the fifties, this is where maybe you start sliding towards a top 10 bet or top five, but Fitzpatrick's at 50 to one Daniel Berger in English 55. You get Coker and Webb Simpson also at 55 Webb Simpson. 55 to one. He's a winner of a U.S. Open before. Should we do that? I crossed him off. I don't think he's long enough. 
Yeah, me neither. But then Kokrak's, dude, Kokrak's long enough for sure. And he's just won two weeks ago, four, three weeks ago, whenever it was. Kokrak is a major right now. Yeah, he's long, fairways. He's doing everything very well. Um, Mm -hmm. Shout out to Gordy and the bachelor party. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) You love Jason Kokrak. Yeah, listen. He's great. I think that 66 to one is kind of depleted a little bit of that value away where you could have got him at like a hundred to one last week. So it's a tough number to me to stomach right now. I look a little elsewhere. Okay. Yeah. Me too. I think you can get a little more value. The problem is now you start to act like an expert and you act like, you know, things and you act like you have a hunch on someone and that's what you do. That's what's fun about golf betting and I'm betting on futures. I mean, once you get past these numbers, we already know. Nobody wins if you're not top 30 in the world, and this is where we're sketchy. We're getting towards the Cam Smiths at 60. You got Justin Rose at 66. Can Justin Rose win a U.S. Open at 66 to 1? Well, you know what? You say that, and there's another guy down here, and I hit Adam him Scott. in the U.S. Open two years ago at 80 to 1, oh, and he's Gary? basically the same number now, and it's Gary. I have a one. Do you think he can win here? One. It's my only future heading into this, besides Keegan Bradley, who's no longer in the field. But <laughs> Gary was one twenty-five to one that I bet back in December. Um, okay. Love that bet. Love Gary. Went to see Butch Harmon get himself dialed in on the way out to the West Coast. He's close. Like okay. his numbers are seriously trending in the right direction. He's long. Um, his long distance iron play is fantastic, and he has some winning momentum and upside over there on the West Coast. And he's he's one U.S. Open away from being the defending champion. So right there, I think the confidence factor is there. You can still get him right now at 100 to 1. I'm looking at it in front of my eyes on the other screen here. So there are good numbers out there on Gary Woodland, should you be so interested. But you mentioned Adam Scott, right? Uh, yeah. Number one, I saw Banford Golf tweeted the best guys over the last five years in terms of scoring average at Torrey Pines South. Number one is Adam Scott. We know the guy can basically, hmm. you know, parachute down or hang glide down onto Torrey Pines and step onto the first tee and play as good as anybody. Yeah. The game's not in great form, but I don't think that he's built to like consistently top 10 at PGA tour events anymore. He has his events. Um, He told us this himself. I think that this is certainly one of them that he has circled on his calendar as the eight events that matter throughout the season. It has to be. And what better spot to, to bet him than Tory. Adam Scott reminds me a little bit of what Rory, but I mean, like in my, you know, a lot, a level down from what Rory had happened after us open last year where Bryson won it all. And they all chase distance. Scott did the same thing. I th- I think there could be a potential that uh, you know Rory tamed it back and then he won. Adam Scott might be have tamed it back. Maybe he went too far. The pendulum swung one way and he was trying to go distance and it ruined everything. So he went back and maybe the pendulum swinging back and it's going to level right now. I mean, <clears throat> reminds me a lot of Justin Rose of the Masters, where Justin Rose was broken to people, written off, and I. Maybe this is a first-round leader bet because I cashed the first-round leader bet on Justin Rose thinking that, well, come on, he's going to show up to Augusta where he dominates and not be good. It's Justin Rose. So this is kind of the thing with Adam Scott showing up to a place where you do need to bomb it and where he has he has 370 ability off the tee and so uh, and can get a hot putter. So I think Adam Scott is a, like a long shot 7,800 guy on DraftKings or whatever he is. Mm-hmm. 
Good that. top 10 bet, I think. Possibly good in a matchup as well, Adam Scott, this week. So, Okay, so we're reaching the uh, the long shot region. I don't even know. I mean, these guys, Corey Connors at 75 to 1 or Higo. Would you go back to the Higo? Higoat or not? No, not for yeah. me. Yeah. He's got to be burnt out. Um, Neiman, 75. Could he win his first major? He's big time? slipping a little bit. I think mm-hmm. that maybe it, it the it came and it went without him getting that win potentially. Dude, uh, it's the same the thing US that happens with all the candle. Yeah, uh, yeah. So I think that it's the the wick is burning pretty slim right now for Neiman. Great player. Uh, obviously, you know, finally missed a cut in a century. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, distance is there. I just don't know if he has the around the green game and the ability to make clutch putts that it's going to require to win a U.S. Open. If you're going to bet an Open, maybe you bet Neiman in a future right now. Uh, Fleetwood is here with uh, Leishman, both at 85 to 1. I'm leaning Leishman over Fleetwood at this point, especially at Tory, right? I don't know. I'm I'm kind of torn Either. on both of those guys. I could see myself potentially betting one of them. I've done neither at this point, but... I think both of them have upside. Tommy's just great in U.S. Opens. Leishman has the course history. Um, Both are very streaky iron players. Both are sneaky, long off the tee, uh, and both bad putters but can randomly get really hot. So I think that they could kind of go either way there for me. Okay, so then basically those two, depending on ownership on DraftKings – you may want to look at those people. Uh, Joe, I do a DraftKings podcast every two. Well, I do it on Mondays and Wednesdays, and Eric and I do it on Tuesdays every once in a while. We're going to do it tomorrow night, Tuesdays. Uh, names and reasons. So follow us, Fantasy Golf Pod. I'm going to talk about those names. I'm going to talk about Charlie Hoffman. Are you interested in Charlie Hoffman at 90 to 1? Because I think uh, that's kind of value to me because motivation is there for Charlie Hoffman. Iron play and recent form is there. He definitely likes the course. Charlie Hoffman at 90 to 1. I'm not. I'm not betting long shots. Like I said, I'm just peppering the top of the board. But if I looked at the top 10, look at that. I mean, is that top 5 or 12? 10? 12 to 1? I'm not against it. Uh, okay. I'm certainly not against it. Look, there have been some the, – the scrambling for Charlie Hoffman is what worries me if he's going to have to play at a deeper rough. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he plays great at Augusta where there really is no rough and some of the Texas courses where it's, it's fairly minimal. So if the rough is four-inch sure. deep, that's not necessarily his strong suit, but look, the iron play has been fantastic lately. I can see getting behind it. How about Homa or Horschel? Yep, Homa. I'm in one ten to one. Okay. That's my long Dude, shot. Homa's good at today. golf. Homa's really strong good. out of the rough too. I don't think he's intimidated by the. And rough you put though. him out there on the West Coast, and his finishes are fantastic. So he had a top Dude, ten last winner. time, uh, 19th the year before, back to back top twenties at Pebble. Had a top five at Riviera and then one at Riviera, which I think Riviera is actually a sneaky, pretty good uh, comp course to Torrey Pines South. Very classical design, West Coast. Uh, mm-hmm. There are a lot of links in terms of architecture that people smarter than myself have put together between the two. He's mm-hmm. great at putting on Poa. He's very look. He's not a good putter on 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 Bermuda grass. Negative putter there. Bent, he's like even, but he's one of the best putters in the field on Poa. He's fantastic out there. The driving distance is there. I think that he's at the point in his career confidence-wise where he's ready to feel comfortable um, competing at a major championship. So, yeah, I'm in on Homa. 
I'm on Nahoma because of his mental mindset. Are you a golfer, Joe? Of course you are. It, the power of positive thinking. I mean, if you're having you a couple good... of this book, I might have it in here. Oh, dude, this is, this is Homa. The seven <laughs> spiritual Homa. laws of success. <laughs> Get that book. I bought that okay. book. I'm like three chapters in from Max Homa. It's a good book. It's got to be worth a few strokes. So I don't know. I'm into Homa. I'm definitely into Homa on DraftKings. I don't know. Uh, if I'm into anybody else, uh, can can Ian Poulter win a major? Ugh, not a U.S. Yeah, right. Open, not a U.S. Okay. Open. Maybe um, a, maybe an Open Championship. Is Sung Jay? It's not the summer of Sung Jay, right? Uh, no, no, <laughs> it's not. Unfortunately, I'm in on the house just down ruined. here. Brandon Grace, kind of. I, I had some interest there. Um, oh, okay. I, I saw a couple of our guys, Luke and uh, losing golf bets that are back on Wolf, which I want to be there. Yeah, I was going to ask. You. I'm going to I'm going to wait and see and just I just want to watch him. I hope he makes a cut. I, I want to see some shots from him. I want to see his face. I want to see his face look look happy. <laughs> yeah, like I truly don't. I don't mind if uh, if he's, you know, top if he just makes a cut, I'll just be happy. I'm not like betting yeah. him to think he's going to win or anything like that. I might actually play him on DraftKings, but I don't know about that. I'll be but, very uh, sad if he withdraws. I'll be very sad. Right? I think now uh, there was a DM that was sent to me about a rumor of his uh, illicit use of drugs. And I'm like, I don't know. It doesn't seem like an illicit drug user and like mm. had to go to rehab for a minute and was like depressed over that. I don't think it's more. I, don't, I think it's. I don't, he doesn't, I don't know. I can't peg anybody, but at the same time, it doesn't matter. He might be back. He might be in his uh, happy place again, but I don't think I'm going to bet him. Yep. Not ready to go down the rumor mill, but he listed drugs. It could be anything like it, it could be something bad or he could just be smoking weed. So yeah. Right. Who knows? Who knows? I'm not going to judge him. Uh, we're a big pro wolf podcast. So, and Wolf pro drugs. We hope we we hope you're back, buddy. <laughs> no, we're not. Go to church. Okay. Thank you for watching, everybody. I mean, this is fun. It's the U.S. Open, and there we're you know we need you to like and subscribe, rate and review. Uh, Michael Ruvio needs you to unblock him, Joe. Ruvi. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I should Ruvi. I should will, block. I will Ruby. unblock you. you. I think you said something that got me like a week or two ago. I have to go back through it. But um, hey, we're real people on the internet, there. Okay, I got a real job with a real wife and real kids. So does Joe, and uh, we're not doing this for a lot of money. And so, be nice to us on the internet. Retweet our stuff. We're just trying to grow this together and have fun, and just do this for fun. Hashtag not experts. Hashtag fun. Hashtag mega profit this week at the U.S. Open. Boom. Follow us on Twitter at uh, Preferred Lines. He's at Tour Picks. I'm at Adina Realchi. We're the Preferred Lines podcast. And uh, we'll see you every Monday night from here on out. Love you guys. Even you, Ruby. Peace. Good yeah, luck exactly. this week, gang. Cheers. <laughs> I didn't say, I didn't even say anything. <laughs>